Welcome to Tony Talks. I have Ron Garcia with me. And uh, Ron and I met in 2014, summer of 2014, at a wedding, actually. This is actually not even through the Tony community whatsoever. Right. So uh, I, I'm excited to bring Ron because me and Ron have been connected since that time quite intimately. And it's, it's been an amazing journey. We've both had a considerable amount of personal development in that time. And um, yeah, I'm just excited to be on this podcast with you. Thanks, man. Me too. You're totally right in the sense that we've got uh, a lot of uh, history prior to, to Tony and, uh, and then with Tony as well. So it's, it's crazy to think how far back it actually goes. It goes quite a, quite a number of years back now. Um, so why don't you tell the listeners kind of a little bit about yourself, Ron, like what's going on for you? What, what are you doing? That sort of thing. Um, sure. Uh, as of right this very, very moment, I am embarking on a brand new opportunity, a career opportunity. Uh, we live here in uh, the beautiful city of uh, Vancouver, Canada. So for those of you outside of, of Canada, it's on the West Coast, right on the tip, right on the water. The best coast. The best coast. <laughs> um, and uh, I've had an opportunity to uh, reinvent my, uh, my career. And uh, I'm excited to be going into real estate. I'll be selling um, um, residential real estate here in the city. And, um, it's, to me, it's really easy to sell the dream of this city because I happen to live in this city and I get to experience the, uh, the quality of life that we, uh, that we have in this city and sharing that with others who are looking to make this their home as well, um, is, is an awesome opportunity. So, that's what uh, I'm up to now. I'm actually, I officially start on, uh, on Monday, January the 6th. Uh, so I'm not even there yet, but uh, I got my sneakers on and I'm ready to, uh, to hit the pavement running. Um, to a new year and a new decade. New year, new decade, new opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, but prior to that, I, um, my career had me focused on finance and banking. I worked with RBC, which is the largest uh, financial institution in in Canada and I worked with them for 15 years had uh, lots of different experiences with them uh, starting from uh, the teller that you'd see when you come into uh, uh, cash or check or get some cash out to the advisors in the offices providing you some financial advice and then working with their uh, leadership and training departments for their head office where the influence um, went uh, all over the province and uh, finally, uh, working with uh, Phillips Hager North Investment Council. Uh, and for that job, I supported the, the Western Canada. So all of the provinces that were out in the West. So lots of experience in finance, lots of experience in people, um, lots of experience in talking and uh, about sensitive information like your finances and, and stuff like that and learning about human behavior and how that adding that to to you know the your regular banking conversation how much of a long way that uh, that goes mm-hmm. so that's um that's a bit of uh, of who i am i guess yeah yeah it's it's interesting how you you're shifting now because you've had over a decade in one industry moving mm-hmm. kind of right from the 
ground zero all the way up through the ranks to one whole half of a country kind mm. of, you know, mm. kind yeah. of having influence in that way and area and then kind of moving up the corporate ladder to now starting your own entrepreneurial kind of journey mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, everything that's relied on, on you more or less Yeah, uh, where it starts from. And of course that's where it starts with on the corporate side as well, but you know, very, two very different kind of careers. Yeah, no, you know, and I think for me, the way that I see it similar to you, uh, I see it as a, a progression. I see it as growth. I see it as a, uh, a moving onwards. I think when you spend a decade with an organization, you really learn the ins and outs of um, how to um, live in that environment, uh, in those circumstances, and how to continue to progress your career, to grow your your influence. Because for me, that's really that's really what it was. Going into to banking was helping others, and. Uh, as, as easy as their re- regular transactions. And when I saw the ability uh, or the possibility rather to connect with people on a deeper level to understand how they could organize and set up their finances to help them achieve their dreams and their goals, um, that, that was really, really fulfilling uh, for me. And then taking that ability and then being able to influence others through learning and development and um, having them know how to deliver that same type of value to others uh, was really awesome to see and progress. And I think that now going into real estate, I'm taking all of all of those key factors and learning how to provide value to a sensitive area in people's lives uh, over a matter of years, taking that and working that for yourself and becoming an entrepreneur and using all of those tools to create what you're wanting to create for yourself, mm. not necessarily have, uh, have to do it a particular way. Not, not to say that, uh, the, the RBC way is, is not correct. But yeah, if, right. if you feel as though you can make positive changes by doing things differently and it, innovating, um, the sales experience, then, you know, power to you. And I, I feel that that's what I'm bringing to the, the, the table. And mm-hmm. so using my career as a, as a stepping stone, the 15 years have prepared me to be able to look at real estate and provide something uh, unique, uh, an approach of service that you definitely don't, uh, don't currently see too often in the market and, uh, and then have that passion for uh, the real estate itself. And, uh, and, and being able to create those experiences for people mm-hmm. uh, is, is, I think, all progressing. So, yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's, that's me in a nutshell. Um, yeah. I guess the one thing that's consistent as well is with any type of work or business, you're always dealing with people. So yeah. you really have to understand people at the end of the day. And if you don't really yeah. understand people, it's going to be a kind of a difficult and challenging road for you potentially yeah. um, or a harder road. And the one thing that's evident and obvious to me in the experience that we've had together is that you do know people. Mm. So that makes that transition so much easier. You know, if you can begin to understand what somebody wants and why they want it, you know, it makes that transition so much easier for anything if yeah. you're trying to uh, you know, help them in any way that they're in, in any way whether yeah. it's uh, work related or whether it's interpersonal mm-hmm. relationships that you have in your life i think that learning to 
speak the language of people and that is universal it ha it's not english it's not french mm -hmm. you know it's uh it's not sign language either and it's not even body language but it's this language of understanding and and being compassionate in those circumstances because people are always trying to communicate what their needs are yeah and not if, always in words and not always in words exactly <laughs> and if you are open and receptive to identifying what those things are when people are communic are trying to communicate them then you're you're a, a step ahead right you're, you're a step ahead in uh in life and in, and in that relationship because you're really listening and you really know how to satisfy what people are asking needs to be satisfied yeah right yeah absolutely absolutely yeah so you know if, if i can if i can share with you one, one thing that sort of of course um speaks to that is that um you know i one of my first clients when i was in a uh an advisory role shared with me uh the importance of one day being able to uh, get married and we were talking like a uh a, a young uh, a young kid right right 23 23 okay. and in a should i get married at 23 yeah, is the question yeah should I get married no. at 23? <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the, answer, the answer is well. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he did share that he was in a relationship for yeah. a few years. Yes. Perhaps maybe he'd want to take that plunge. For sure. And I was like, you know, part of, I want you to think backwards and I want you to really understand um, what, what it is that you're saying. You want a fulfilling relationship. You want to be able to do all those things. And you're here at the bank and we're having a conversation about things that are important to you in life. And, and you might be wondering how and why is this relevant to my banking? And I just was able to make him more aware of, of how he could um, take those dreams and those goals that he had for himself and be able to make them tangible and, and apply them into his life. And mm. so, you know, we would work and reverse engineer that, that goal that he had shared that I learned through human behavior and human interaction and that language of, of people that I was making reference to and turn it into a real tangible goal where I said, okay, you know, if I'm with this girl, I want to propose in a couple of years. And I said, okay, I'm like, how much do you think an engagement ring costs? And he's like, well, I have no idea. I've never even looked at that. So mm. I turned my computer screen and rather than going to the banking screens, we propped up an engagement ring jeweler. Sure. And said, hey, you know, this is how much it costs. So you have got two years. So you get paid every two weeks. So how much should we be saving every two weeks from your paycheck to be able to afford what you'll eventually want as your dream and goal to be able to propose and, and get married? And right. It's like, wow, you know, like I've never really thought about it that way. I've always just had the emotion of wanting to achieve that. Right. And I remember asking him, do you think this is doable? Do you think you can save X amount of dollars and be disciplined enough because your goal is going to be to buy this particular engagement ring that we found? And that's what the market value of that is. Um, and he's like, no, for, I, I definitely want to be able to stay committed because that's my goal. And now you've shown me how to be able to, to achieve that for myself. And I mm. think that that's what I was making reference to earlier where it's like if you are willing to listen if you're willing to show compassion you're really able to understand you can hear what people are asking for what their need is mm -hmm. 
And then the value comes in when you're able to provide that to that individual. And, and how, how valuable is that? Right. Show them a better path. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Reverse engineering it is, uh, that's a great tool to have. Make sure you know where the end is in mind. And of course, we reverse engineer to make sure you can get there. Yeah. You know? And then yeah. measuring along the way, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I think over the years, and I think that's why you and I uh, were able to really hit it off when we met back at, um, Hawaii. at in Hawaii. And, yeah. As we had everything going for us, you know, you and I were surrounded by phenomenal people that we love and care about to date. Yes. And the energy of that wedding was, was, Something, uh, I mean, for those of you listening who have been to Hawaii, you know exactly what it is that I'm, I'm talking about. You land uh, at the airport and the, the island hugs you and welcomes you back. Mahalo, or, you know, <laughs> aloha, you yeah, know? And, exactly. uh, and then so for you and I to, to, to connect the way that we, we did was, I think, that energy that was created for the people that we knew and sort of the passion that we share for you know, speaking that language uh, that, that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And so it definitely made it easy to, to become friends with you mm -hmm. um, because you spoke the unspoken mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and things just are, are much, much easier when you're speaking the same language. A hundred percent. Yeah. I agree. So I had already been connected to Tony Robbins when I met you and I kind of was in that space already is what it was. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if I had attended an event necessarily 2014. I don't think I would have yet. However, I was kind of going through that process. I'd obviously heard of Tony Robbins before that. I'm curious, when was the first time you heard of Tony Robbins and kind of where was that from? Uh, yeah, he's in so many different mediums. So totally, totally. I think for me, I was a, a teenager. I may have been in my late teens. Okay. Uh, maybe 18 or 19 at the time. Okay. And, uh, like a university or something like that. Yeah. I think like right, right at the, at the cusp of, of change. I think right before, I think perhaps maybe in the 12th grade and, and more of a deep dive, um, in in college oh okay um but the first introduction i remember my uh, my best friend stan his uh his parents had like uh, a program or cds or something right and um and him and i were were really close uh, at the time we uh, we didn't attend the same school um we we met through air cadets and sort of had that that um discipline in common you know that that air cadets and sort of the canadian military has anyways um that's how, how we met and so when he came across this tony program it, it had you know things with respect to goal setting and and stuff like that in in the program and that it was in line with sort of the the air cadet stuff that we were mm. that we were working on and doing it together at the same time got it and so he flipped me the the program, and um, yeah, I think for me, what it was back then is they were they were asking questions that normally aren't talked about, right? Uh, and I think because these questions were being said out loud, that intrigued me and that excited me, mm. and uh, I wanted to hear more. Mm. And so I I can't recall now what what the program was, but I remember going through the program together with Stan. 
uh, and through uh, the whole thing, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Like the usually, it's like a five or ten day thing, or something, something like that. Yeah. yeah, and I, you know, I, I think I, I have journals dating back to to that time and uh, and the work that uh, that it said. And then I think when I was in college, I think we I think we came across another set. I can't recall how how it was, but now it was I think we could. Uh, it was the time when we had those uh, CDs, yes. just the rewritable CDs. So oh. Stan was like, let me make you a copy so we don't have to share it. Right. And uh, so he made a copy for me. And I remember uh, throwing them in on the way to and from work mm. in, my, uh, in my early 20s mm. and, uh, and doing some work with that in my early 20s as well. I mm -hmm. think that for me was the, uh, the, the first introduction to, uh, to Tony. Got it. Got it. So, and what was, I'm curious, what were your thoughts when he introduced this to you? Was it like he was introduced from his parents and then he shared it with you or how did that come across? Um, I think it, it came across very genuine and very generic, uh, similar to how you and I connected about it. Uh, so the, the many years later, it was just like, Hey, I came across, this really good material, you know, I know you, mm. um, I think you may, you may find it of value. Got it. And I was, and I think that for me, that there's always been that, um, that sort of unspoken measure where when someone says they know you and it's, you've shown that vulnerability in that relationship and mm. in that friendship, then there's a sense of trust. Right. And so there is no ego and there is no defensiveness when someone says, Hey, I think you might enjoy uh, self-development. Mm -hmm. It's not, it never comes across as a, as a negative. It's always something that's benefited them and they're looking to share right. that, uh, that benefit with you as well. And so I think it was easy to, uh, to just say, thanks, you know, I'm, I'll throw it in and then, you know, we'll, obviously talk about it when, uh, when we get together and when we see each other and, you know, see how things are going and begin cool. to hold each other accountable. Very cool. Very cool. Wow. That's, uh, that's way earlier than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for you, Alan, remind me your first was my first, uh, my first kind of like, intro to tony might have been an infomercial that's probably when i first saw him mm. or something like that and that was but i didn't think much of it really at all i just thought well there's this guy that like is really intense that's what i would probably mm. thought at first and then it was actually a podcast and i'll share this story on another podcast mm -hmm. but um it was a tim ferris podcast that got me reconnected to tony and he was on there as an in uh, as a guest got it and then Tim shared a part of a program in Tony's, in Tony's program. And when I listened to it, it just really spoke to me. That's mm. what it is. And then I got one of his books and then I've been hooked ever since. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So, well, ever since, ever since 2014, probably. Yeah. So it's been like a five year, six year journey now for us. And um, yeah, it, it's awesome. I mean, still continuing, especially like with this podcast. Yeah. It's like when you catch, when you catch that bug, you know, that's one way of saying it, right? But where I find myself saying it more often and, and when you pass through a learning, like a learning membrane and you go through it, mm. 
it's it's a one way. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not two ways. You can't revert back to uh, old behavior because now you've been privileged to know how to do things differently. And so you know you you go through the membrane one way and you become enlightened with that information. And it's just a matter of applying that information in different situations as they come up in life, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, man. I agree with that, yeah. So I normally, at this point, ask, uh, when was your first event and how did that come about? But I know how that came about because I invited you That's to right. UPW when we went to San Jose. Yeah. 2016, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, UPW. Yeah, so tell us, uh, how was that event for you? How did that, you know, what, did you, what were your takeaways from that event? Yeah, um, the it was super super gracious of you to invite me as your guest uh, to it, and I remember when you when you shared that uh, news with me that you wanted to invite me. Like it was just uh, an amazing opportunity that you can't uh, you can't give up on. And um, I was super stoked. I remember sharing with other friends that uh, I think this was happening and I believe it was November when, uh, when we went and, uh, yeah, you know, at first I, I looked at it as an opportunity to spend more time and be in, in proximity of really awesome people. Uh, I'm not sure if Alan has, uh, interviewed his wife Sharon yet on this podcast. Nope. Have you done that yet? She'd be another awesome guest to, uh, to have. She's coming on. on um, <laughs> Because uh, both Alan and Sharon are phenomenal human beings. And if you have had the pleasure of spending time with them uh, one-on-one or at an event, um, your, your life grows exponentially Thank you. Thank you. Uh, right, right away. The experiences you, you feel, like, yeah, it's, it's just it's, it's amazing. And so, you know, a weekend, I think it was like four days that we were going. Mm-hmm to spend with you guys was uh, an awesome, awesome investment in time, even if there was no Tony event uh, with you mm. guys, right? And so that was the, the first thing. And then uh, being able to experience something that you both had already uh, completed as well and seen the benefit of was, uh, was really awesome. And so I knew, I knew sort of a little bit about what was going to be happening, but you don't know until you fully experience it. And then when you did experience it, um, yeah, when I did experience it, it was it was crazy. It was it was amazing. It was chaotic. It was <laughs> life changing. It was scary. Um, it was exciting. It was uh, those are great adjectives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You asked me. You asked me how how it was and that's that's how it was right yeah. um yeah it was it was awesome and it was really cool anything specific or memorable that you remember um yeah uh, i think the um the firewalker thing is cool i thought that was kind of cool because how often do you get an opportunity to to do that right i wasn't ever afraid 
to to challenge uh, something like that. If, mm. if someone's telling me that it, you know you're not going to hurt yourself and it can be done, it can be done. Then right, let's do it. You've already you've already created the path for my brain to go. Right. So my thought is yes, let's let's do it. Got it. Right. Yeah. Um, and that was that was really exciting. I think no burns, no nothing. No, no, no burns, no nothing. Right. Um, really cool to share in that energy, and I think that for me was the first time I've ever experienced something like that. You know, I've been to uh, several hockey games or sporting events, football games, and the crowds are are awesome. Even concerts at a band. Right or, or an artist or, or awesome that can be moving, right? Can be moving, yeah. yeah. And a lot of a lot of what this was for me, UPW, was seeing how you're able to turn on and the energy and turn off the energy and like he'd flip the music and the lights and it was like you were at a concert and people were dancing and going crazy as if there was someone of an artist on stage and they were, you know, the energy that it created was, was pretty remarkable. Mm. And that was the, that was the first time I got to see and experience that live outside of music or, or sport. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Typically it's like a sporting event or a concert that brings those type of crowds and those masses right. listening or doing the same thing at once kind right. of thing. Right. Right. Is right. what it typically is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so to me that, that, was a, a big a big takeaway you know the the work on understanding your your physiology which for me um i didn't have a lot of experience about uh it's not something that came across my my plate growing up or in my career that that you could get in tune with your physiology and and change your and change your state uh i think that was that was a big big takeaway for me from that weekend right right uh yeah that that's great so this the event that we're speaking of is unleash the power within or upw a lot of people call it and there's uh a, something that happens on day one which is a firework it's not a surprise anymore for a lot of people mm -hmm. they kind of know that this occurs so we literally walk on thousand degree coals is what we do and uh it just kind of breaks the pattern of what you think is possible in your life when you do something like that, especially for people that are really stuck or feel like they're not capable or have very little resources in that moment. It doesn't mean that they are actually limited in resources. It's just in that moment, they may feel as if they're, they're limited. So this hopefully helps break their pattern in that way. But uh, yeah, a really amazing experience if you yeah, have not yeah. been before. And that was my first like Tony experience live too, right? Like mm -hmm. I heard, I'd heard him on audio. I'd seen him in video, right? But never experienced in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And that guy has a lot of energy. Like he was consistent in his energy, whether it was like nine a.m. or after midnight that one day <laughs> like and at 7 p.m and at 3 p.m and at 2 p.m yeah like, it was the same like he just didn't stop and he was moving and talking throughout the entire day and we were sitting in the stadium <laughs> and we were tired and he was not and i thought that was 
that was the first time I'd experienced someone being on stage and, and doing that as long as they, he did with as much energy as he did. Right. The entire time. I thought that was really memorable and really cool. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's amazing how when you have something that is greater or bigger than yourself, you get pulled towards it and yeah. it doesn't seem, seems effortless or like you don't have to put much energy. Yeah. Into it. And I think, you know, like, I happen to have an advantage that weekend because like both your wife, Sharon and yourself were like my guides. You were my, right. My Sherpas right. on this journey where many of the other individuals who were taking the course, many of them were taking it for the first time right. as well. And so they were experiencing, you know, different things as well. Yes. And so I think uh, I, I had a leg up and I had an advantage uh, going in, being able to make it as accommodating and comfortable for myself as well. I remember you telling me to to dress in layers because it gets cold purposely. It can. It can, yeah. And uh, and we would pack really, really good food to take with us during the day. Not many breaks. Not many breaks, yeah. <laughs> and so, and even the, the food that we were eating was like, nutritious and help us learn and mm -hmm. fuel right mm -hmm. uh, and again a lot of people didn't we had water bottles with water to stay hydrated throughout uh, throughout the days and like first it's the first immersion experience period like I thought that was I don't know about you guys listening and how you guys feel about about the immersion and if you remember your first time I mean I guess everyone remembers their first time but, uh, but yeah, full immersion is a lot of, it's, it's different. It's not how we do things uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, right? And so it takes, it's a gear change that you got to do for the weekend and find a way to maintain that gear change. Right. And the course is designed to ensure that the energy level by changing your physiology remains high. Mm -hmm. um, and so I thought that was that was really cool as well. Cool. Very cool. So you've kind of been influenced and introduced for a number of years now, since your teenager years with your friend Stan, uh, through myself, yeah. bringing you to an event. Uh, I'm sure you're, you've probably heard some more information since then as well. What are some of the, what's like a biggest takeaway from you? Like when you think about Tony's, stuff like his technologies his things that he's teaching or sharing what's something that resonated with you the most and uh that you found the most value out of um i would pin it i pin it on two main things for me i think uh the first is like the network that uh is available to you if you need it um, I think when you put like-minded individuals together who are at a particular stage in their life or, or are just at this state in their life for, for more, when you put all those people together, the, the energy that those people uh, create is, is, is or can be infectious. Uh, and one of the things that I took away from UPW was you know, having that network. And again, I, I shared with you that I feel 
that I had a leg up because of you and Sharon, and it made it easy for me to continue even leaving uh, the, the course for the weekend to keep it top of mind and keep it something that we're, 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 we're cognizant of, that we're working on, because it's something that as human beings, as we're looking to, to grow and, and change, it, is, it isn't something that happens overnight and it stays. Life gets in the way and you need good people around you to help support the changes and achieve the things you want to achieve in life. So for like you and I, we coming back, we had uh, daily calls, accountability calls that we would have with each other bright and early in the morning. Yep. Uh, 6 a.m. sometimes, 6.30. Uh, you know, when you, when you have the opportunity to get up in the morning and get that state right away, uh, it sets you up for, for a really good day. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we had that. I think that for me was one of the, one of the takeaways mm-hmm. is having that, uh, the right people around you, right surrounding people around you. you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Got it. Um, proximity is power. Exactly. Yeah. Right. The paying, being more aware of the proximities that you surround yourself with, I think is in line with what I'm, what I'm trying to share. Yeah. And w- one of the things I've learned or sh- uh, I've seen through you changing your proximity is that proximity doesn't change instantly, right? Like it takes time. Like you, sometimes you might not want to spend time with a friend as much. So you have to take away time, but where do you take it away from necessarily? Or how do you not end that relationship, but change the relationship and the dynamic that you have with specific people, whether you want to take away time or you want to add more time, right? With others, right? And that's, definitely something that takes time to figure out and to change. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other, the other thing, Alan, that, that is a takeaway and it may not have been something that was discussed, but it led to, uh, and that's just having much more Mm self-awareness. I think it's a big thing that we don't necessarily, we look to point rather than, hold the thumb whenever we're in any situations Mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, what all of this uh, growth uh, has done for me is made me much more self-aware. And in that self-awareness, it's allowed me to enrich uh, my proximities because you come to understand that certain proximities may not may not serve the purpose that you're trying to achieve for yourself, right? And so I think it, it definitely helps to create awareness. I think that's another, another key thing that, um, that I, I took away. Mm-hmm. Awareness. Awareness, yeah, for Got sure. This, this is a really interesting point that uh, Ron makes here with awareness, because I think it's something that a lot of people don't quite understand. So if you're in that Tony space or that Tony world, understanding what the triad is and how to change your emotional state from a what Tony calls like a suffering state versus a beautiful state, okay, or something that's mm-hmm. negative to positive, okay? But before that change occurs, 
you must have the awareness to recognize when you have dropped below that level mm -hmm. um, into that suffering state or that negative state. Because if you don't recognize that to begin with, then mm. the whole change of changing your physiology, changing your focus, changing your language doesn't really matter because you can't get there yet is yeah. what ends up happening. So that's a huge distinction, Ron, that you brought up is the fact that knowing your own self, recognizing when you drop below that level where mm. you are dipping below where you normally live. Tony always loves to talk about it in a, a temperature degree. So if you're normally like a 70 degree and you're always a 70 degree, can you recognize when you drop down to a 68 or a 65, right? And then making sure that triggers you to use the triad to your advantage to change your emotional state. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people understand the triad, they know how it works, they know what procedure and what steps to go through. Yeah. However, the first step I think that's missed by a lot of people is that awareness yeah. and recognizing when that happens for you. The way I've always looked at it is if the only way the triad is awareness, that the triangle represents awareness and the physiology, the focus and the energy, those are in line with one another. Then the triangle is flowing. Each point is flowing right into one another. And what it creates is that self-awareness for yourself. Mm. Right. So that's that's the way that I've always looked at it. The symbol of a triangle for me is self-awareness. And it's made up of those three points. Awareness is made up of being aware of your physiology, aware of your focus and aware of the language you're using. Mm -hmm. And to your point, Alan, I I think people, a lot of people, even for me, when I first learned it, I learned it being new, not as how I'm explaining it to you now. Sure. Not what it means to me now. But yeah through continuing to focus on those things, I realized that's exactly what I was creating for myself. Right. Was, was that self-awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And having the experience, right. R recognizing that that's where you want to go to, yeah. but knowing like that first step, right. For you, it's like that balance is off, right. Between the three. Right. Somehow when that balance is off, that's the trigger for you. Yeah, totally. Of. And it's different for everybody, right? Like totally. so, somebody else, it might be a different trigger. Maybe you feel like it's a drop in your temperature or a way that you're delivering your message mm -hmm. typically. Mm -hmm. um, or if you've gone too high, maybe you're gone too high and you're like, oh my God, it's like not where I normally should be, right? Kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And just recognize that self-awareness is definitely a huge takeaway I think yeah. a lot of people can can learn from thanks for sharing that yeah man, no worries yeah um yeah so what are you doing now what what is going on for Ron since learning these sorts of things what is it that uh you've taken away that you know you're you're kind of practicing and that you you want to be able to share with others in some way whether that be friends family or a group or something like that um well I, uh, I'm going to give myself a self plug here because I'm going into an industry where you have to self market. Yep. And uh, if, you're looking, if you're looking for real estate in the city of Vancouver or here in the lower mainland, <laughs> um, I think the reason why we'd get along and do business well together is because you want to, you want to do business with people that you enjoy doing business with. Uh, and I think that, um, that getting to know people is, isn't just, uh, something you do, it's something you are. 
and that's that's someone who I am. I I take pride in knowing who it is that I'm I'm dealing with and talking about. Again, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of our podcast here is really understanding what others' needs are. And so to your point, Alan, what are you doing now? How are you continuing doing that? I think that's what I'm doing. I'm going into an industry where I, I pay particular attention to exactly what people's needs are. I'm going to do it in a way that speaks directly to them and make their purchases uh, or the, the, the sale of their investments or, or real estate um, exactly what it is that, uh, that they're hoping for because the starting point is, is what truly are their needs. Um, and I think that comes by having that self-awareness that we're talking about and being, being able to really uh, know and, and actively listen to them. Um, with respect to, um, to contribution, uh, I'm a, uh, a big mental health uh, advocate. Um, I try and have conversations with people always because uh, I, I, I believe that it, it, it's, the stigma needs to end uh, with respect to that. And if you're open to having conversations, if you're open to saying mental health, um, then you, know, it, you make it that much more comfortable. Uh, for people who uh, who want more information or or are feeling a certain way to uh, to know where to get that info, mm. um, yeah, and um, you know, like I, I try and, and contribute by by being a mentor and, and leading by example. Um, I don't know if I've I don't think I've shared this with you yet, but uh, I've been working with university students. Uh, and uh, high school students mm. who are looking to get uh, into uh, um, universities and are, are looking to improve uh, their um, their social behaviors as they're applying to universities and scholarships. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the last, uh, I'd say, two months now, I've taken on uh, a student who we're preparing for to take their medical medical exam interviews in February. And so um, we are, are, are working through that uh, in creating that self-awareness on how, how we can be more of who we are. I find that uh, in, in universities or in the way that we learn now, actually, it's always one particular way and then we get so stuck. And that's why we hear often the, the book smart and the street smarts referenced right and I think when you're going through university you have to dedicate yourself to the material that you're you're learning because there's so much that you're learning especially if you're looking to become a doctor right there's so much that you have to take on that uh, the human side of medicine sometimes often gets gets forgotten about because there's so much emphasis on the science behind the medicine Mm -hmm. Uh, and so what I've been doing over the last couple of months is bringing that human side back uh, uh, to the forefront uh, similar to what I was saying earlier, people want to do business with people they they like. Uh, you know, people want to accept individuals uh, into the programs. Their academics are already there, right? They've gotten themselves to that point, and now it's about showing who they are as people, what their character is like, how they're going to be as doctors, how are they going to be able to uh, have relationships with their patients, uh, and so the work that we've been doing over the last few months really helps emphasize and soften those soft skills that, uh, that I think are required for, for that type of profession. And so a lot of, a lot of the things that I've learned through, uh, through Tony, like, uh, like the triad, um, uh, goal setting, uh, 
uh, that type of stuff. It's things that we that, that we work on as a as a pair, as a mentor and mentee to get them ready for those uh, those big moments. Awesome. How did that come about? Um, my sister is uh, is uh, involved as well, mm-hmm. and um, she can uh, she can only take them so far with respect to the students that she's been working with. Uh, and in her circumstances, uh, she's also uh, at the university working and studying to become a, a professor as well. And so these are students that she's identified uh, could use some uh, some help. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we get together, we meet, we better understand what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. And if, in fact, there's an opportunity to provide value, then uh, then we work together. Mm, right. Got it. So uh, that's uh, that's new. That's a way of contributing and giving back um, that uh, that is recent and new. But it's it's really, really exciting when you start to see the behaviors change and uh, you help someone lead to awareness uh, of their own behaviors, because mm-hmm. then it's a matter of them leading the change. It's not you leading the change. It's them leading the change. Mm-hmm. But all that you're doing is you're, you're aiding in how they can make themselves much more aware of the things that they want to do for themselves. Totally. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. The one thing I've noticed with myself as well, whenever I'm in that space, for example, when I'm in Las Vegas and we're doing mentorship for youth that are going through high school and stuff like that, middle school, you name it is that when you start sharing this information with others, it's really hard for you to, not do it yeah it's really hard for you to not act in a way that's congruent with what you're saying i mean you can i'm sure there's people that still do it but overall it's just really difficult to do that not be congruent with what you're saying and then therefore what i've noticed for myself at least is that whenever i host something or talk about something or share something is the fact that hey i better be this I better be more like this. And I just end up noticing I'm more like it. So hence, like when someone shares, you know, when I'm teaching somebody, I'm learning the most is what it is. I think that's kind of something that um, should be brought to light when, when you're talking about mentorship. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely something you have to be. It can't be something that you're trying to be. Uh, When you become a mentor, uh, it's something that you are living and breathing daily and it makes you self-accountable to the things. And it actually becomes that much easier to share information with others mm-hmm. because you, it's something that is consistent. It's part of your DNA. It's, it's your daily routines, your daily behavior. So it's, it's, it's really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where the relationships don't work is if it's what's being asked for isn't being uh, given because it's not something that's done often. Mm-hmm. And it's just a one-off share or a one-off this, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's when, when mentorships don't necessarily connect. But if it's, it's who you are, it, it's so much easier. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, man. Totally agree. Well, thank you for coming on the show. It's been really great to share this kind of stories, the stories that we've had over the last like six years now together. It's yeah. Pretty amazing to yeah. think back when we first met and not even knowing your Tony journey, really. Like now you got to share that through yeah. high school and your friend that uh, introduced you to Tony and then getting reconnected to Tony. That's, 
that's pretty cool, you know, that you get that opportunity to come back to it at a different perspective and time in your yeah. life that obviously looks different and feels different than when it was when you first started the journey. Yeah, and I think that's a, a beautiful point that you make, Alan, is that it, the, the content doesn't age. I heard recently they were making reference to Indiana Jones and they were saying how that movie hasn't aged well. And I focused on how it's aged. And then I, I, I happened to be watching, uh, flipping through the channels and I saw, I'm not sure if you've seen The Princess Bride, um, but that's like a late 80s fantasy sort of like movie, kids movie. Okay. And that movie has aged terrifically well. If, if you're a fan uh, listening, that movie is awesome even now. Um, and the content with Tony, I think, ages well. Uh, because whether I touched on it when I was 19 or, or 20 or whether it's now at the age of 37, um, the content is still relevant. It still applies. It still energizes and, it's, and it still stimulates that personal growth in, in many different ways. And so yeah, I appreciate being here and I appreciate having the conversation. And I hope we do get to come back at some point because uh, there's, you know, we can talk for hours on yeah. on, on this stuff. <laughs> and one of the things that your listeners didn't really get to uh, get to hear is coming back from UPW. Oh, how you and I scheduled those accountability calls. Right. How we were able to to really put into practice the things we had learned because we fed off of one another. Right. And uh, we we just didn't come home and then be like, oh man, that was a good weekend. Like we, we made it a point to review the material right. and, and make sure that we were practicing the things we were learning and implementing them into our, into our daily lives. Yes. Um, and, you know, I think, I don't know about you, but I know for me, I, I can say that th that was the real goods of, of the Tony weekend. Right. Because it, it set up for something that has to take place outside. And I think a lot of your listeners who have experienced uh, Tony courses or Tony experiences understand and realize that the magic doesn't necessarily happen at the event because there's so much learning and so much information being thrown your way. Overload. Overload. And it's intended to be that way. Let's just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Mm -hmm. And what doesn't stick, we'll pick it up and throw it up against the wall again because it's still sticky. Mm -hmm. You know? And, uh, for you and I, it was easy to be consistent coming home. And that's when we really started to see, for me, the magic of the work we've been doing because we had each other to hold each other accountable to uh, and ensure that we were practicing what we were learning. It didn't fall to the back seat and then, you know, have to have to, you know, get a battery jump, I guess, mm -hmm. to the to the material again. So, mm -hmm. but, you know, like I said, we could talk for hours. <laughs> about it i appreciate uh and i'm proud of you i think you've you've really done a really awesome thing by having these uh this podcast tony talks because you're right if this is an avenue for individuals uh, who have shared similar experiences to you and i um have a you know create a community that that um that you can reach out to outside of these events is is awesome i mean mm -hmm. i don't think you go to one one individual who's attended a, uh, an event and they not walk away with one thing. 
right. that, uh, that would benefit and make their life that much more fruitful and enjoyable for themselves, right? Everyone learns something, depend, doesn't matter where you are. If they want to learn. If, if they want to learn. <laughs> and you can't, help but, you can't help but be one of those learners because you've kind of put yourself in that environment to learn. Right. Right? Yeah, very true. So, yeah, and that proximity where we kept accountable to each other really, of course, fueled just more things that happened yeah. after that is what it is. And yeah. like you said, we could talk for hours for sure. Um, but yeah, that proximity that really that really just solidifies more of what you were talking about as a, a yeah, one of the biggest takeaways, right? Totally. Yeah. So totally. how are people going to get connected to you in terms of if they are in the local area and they are looking for a realtor or um, you know, how they might want to consider being a mentor or something like that. I don't know if that's even available or not, like uh, through the universities. And stuff yeah. Like yeah. Awesome. Um, I'm going to give you my phone number. Okay. Jot this down, everybody. Seven seven eight. <laughs> I can put it on the show two. notes. That's yeah. what I can do. Alan, Alan, Alan will put it up, and uh, I'll ask Alan to share my email address as well. Sure. Um, you know, I I think conversations are are great. I think that if you have questions or you've heard something today that has re-excited you about about anything, um, I'd love to hear what uh, what it was. And, and get your feedback. So please connect with me. I'm absolutely open to uh, mm-hmm. to to talking to you about Tony stuff, real estate, banking, finance, you name it, life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, Al, Alan has my details, so share them. Yeah, uh, I'll put on, them on the show on notes. The show notes, and uh, and when we can connect. Perfect. And uh, to speak to your your passion about uh, mental health, to me, when I think of mental health, it's just a matter of you versus time is what it is. So for a lot of people who aren't speaking out or are worried about speaking out or talking about it necessarily, your monster, your enemy is really time. You allow time to come in more further and further. You only allow that monster to grow more and more is what you do. So you eliminate time by talking about it, even if you're just talking to yourself and then starting that conversation so that you can have a conversation with somebody else. Don't allow time to pass. Really open up that dialogue and start to just have that conversation, even if it's with yourself, even if it's with someone close or whatever, start it, crush it. Don't allow that monster to grow. Yeah. Don't give it time because that's the only way it can grow. Yeah, that's, that's good advice. The earlier, the better, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So definitely uh, advocate for yourself and yeah. And get resourceful. Yeah, definitely. So thanks for listening. I'm going to put the notes on the show notes for to reach out to Ron. And of course, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. We have a new email address now. It's TonyTalkRadio at gmail.com. So I'll put that on the show notes as well so everybody can see. And then, of course, on the description. But it's a new year, 2020, and a new decade. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm trying to hit 10,000 interviews. Wow. I don't even know when that's going to be exactly. That's amazing. 10,000 uh, conversations. I think that will be a lifelong journey for me. That sounds awesome, though. How privileged are the people going to be that they get to talk to you? <laughs> well, I hope very privileged. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Thanks for listening again. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.